Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bott from Sports Advantage. I'm here with my co-host, Coach Dean Manchi from Kimberly. Coach, how are we doing? Everything's going really good, Brian. You know, football, it's a, it's a Friday when we're doing this recording and there's Friday night football going on. So we're pretty jacked up. School starts in next week and and um, everything's rocking and rolling. And we, hopefully we'll have more of a normal year here with, and, the, and hopefully the COVID stays away. Coach, next, I think next episode, you're going to do the intro. You're going to go first. We're, we're, I don't yeah. know. You do a good gonna, job. So I probably messed that up. That might be, that, I don't know if that's within your pay grade. So <laughs> we, may have, we may have to, we may have to adjust your contract a little bit, but we got, you know, some exciting stuff coming up, um, you know, sports advantage. Uh, we're going to be opening a new facility, um, hopefully in January here, and hopefully we'll be opening a second one uh, in the summer, uh, next summer. So we're really excited about that coach. So it may actually, um, depending on how things go, we may be seeing each other a little bit more. So we'll see how that works. Um, but, you know, with football and everything going, it's really exciting. But obviously, uh, you know, with other sports, things like that, there are a lot of sports are starting their their off-season work um, or their preseason work. Uh, one of those sports is, is basketball. Uh, and we know that in the college ranks, obviously, there's really no off time for the athletes. They're, they're, they're working year-round. And um, as the kids come back to school, um, the kids, you know, are back in the gym and they're definitely back with their strength coaches. So we're extremely lucky today to have the head strength and conditioning coach from the women's basketball program at the University of Tennessee, Brian Tatum. Brian, you over there, coach? I'm here, guys. Good. Well, we're, we appreciate you hopping on. Obviously, we know with the kids coming back to school and everything, it's probably getting to be pretty busy and your schedule's filling up. So we really appreciate you hopping on. Um, Brian, why don't you just tell our, our listeners a little bit about yourself, you know, where you're from, and just, just some cool stuff about what it's like to, to work over in Tennessee. Yeah, well, so originally I'm from West Virginia, uh, kind of was born in Huntington, which is not a place that you probably want to visit right now, but, um, you know, um, played college football at West Liberty, the D2 school up in Wheeling, West Virginia. Uh, I had a great time there, um, and then kind of when uh, – when career wrapped up, uh, I got an internship at Notre Dame, and that's kind of when I got my feet wet in strength and conditioning. And I honestly did not know that it was a profession when I was in college because we didn't have a strength coach. <laughs> so uh, when I got to Notre Dame, I was like, what is all this? You know, you can get paid to do this and be around athletes all day. So um, that's kind of how I got my feet wet. Um, and then from there, got my master's at Western Kentucky in exercise physiology and, you know, went there two years, Western Carolina two years, got out of coaching uh, for a stint just because we had our second child and, and wasn't making a lot of money, right? Uh, right. That, the early part of the grind. Um, but then God opened the door and uh, was able to go to NC State for a couple of years. And then right after the famous kick six in the Iron Bowl, uh, one of my college teammates was the head strength coach at Auburn. And uh, he called me a couple of weeks after that, after they wrapped up the national championship and offered me a job to come down to Auburn and, um, you know, prayed about it and felt like the right move for me and my family. So we went down there and we really enjoyed seven awesome years. You know, as a coach, that's a, that's a long stint anywhere. So, um, you know, got some roots there and a bunch of good relationships. And, um, and then, you know, a couple of years ago, they decided to, kind of change course with the coaching staff. And you know how it is. They just clean house. You're just collateral damage as a strength coach. Um, and so, honestly, thought that that was going to be the end of my coaching career. I was really ready to wrap it up. Um, 
and um, you know, we just bought our first house and we've got four kids and we're plugged in and my wife was like, Hey, I don't, I don't want to go anywhere. And so kind of out of necessity, uh, I started my own little uh, business out of my garage and it like blew up. Like I had 25 athletes train out of my garage in a matter of two months with like no marketing. <laughs> I'm not a marketer. I didn't know, but um, it was, uh, it was during that time that, uh, you know, I had a bunch of interviews and I was thinking I was going to get into the tactical side. A lot of my coaching buddies have transitioned there and just praise the stability and the quality of life. So you can actually see your kids. Cause that's one thing I missed out on. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it was really funny when we got let go in January, I was sitting in my dining room and I told my wife, I was like, I'm, I'm done. I, I just, kind of it took the wind out of my sail you know and she's like well what if Kelly called and uh, you know I've been fortunate enough to work with coach Harper and my first job at Western Carolina and then they brought me to NC State a few years later and in my 16 years in college I can say I've been around some good coaches for sure but I've never been around somebody that actually values you as a person like coach Harper and so I don't care who was going to call me and offer me a job. I was, I was convinced I wasn't going back to college. And then out of nowhere, she, she contacted me in May last year. And uh, I don't know if any of you guys have seen my video. They actually did a little story on me, which is kind of flattering. Um, but I got hired June 10th, and I got diagnosed with stage four lymphoma on June 30th. So not only was it just crazy transitioning, um, but then now you got to, essentially fight for your life and still, you know, try to do what you're passionate about. So last year was insane for lack of a better term, but I'm happy to say that God has put his grace all over me and I'm healthy. I'm happy. And, um, I'm ready to really attack it this year. We had a great summer of training. Absolutely love my girls. Um, so it's just, that's kind of where we're at. And so anything you guys want to talk about, anything I can do to enlighten somebody, empower someone, that's, that's my role. So, Well, Brian, let's take it back to, you know, we talked about, I said, like, when I did my internship at Wisconsin, and Brian certainly knows, you know, what it's like to be at the Big Ten for 13 years. So that was an incredibly long run. And, yeah. he, and uh, you know, his situation, he kind of went into the private sector and opened up Sports Advantage and everything else just because of, that family time and all that. But, you know, when I was down there and interning that strength and conditioning was just starting to become a field and the pay was not very good, especially back then for assistance. I mean, I remember it was like, you know, 11, $12,000 at the time. And I was kind of deciding, Hey, did I want to go, you know, into the college system, you know, and go that route or did I want to stay and actually what I went to school for was being a physical education teacher. And, mm -hmm. you know, that was a situation that I just, you know, had two opportunities. I had a situation I could have went to the University of North Dakota, or I could have got a teaching job, and I chose to be in the teaching job and stay at that high school level. So it's interesting because you kind of dabbled into, you know, a little bit of your own business, but the private sector, and, and Brian has done the same as he is doing now, and you guys have been in that public system and, you know, that system as well. So when you talk about when did you really realize you wanted to be a strength coach? You mentioned Notre Dame. But, you know, was it something that, hey, you started out at Notre Dame and you started, you know, helping kids get better and it just took off from there? Or how did that, yeah. you know, you just decide, I want to do this for a living? 
Well, you know, I've, I've been playing football since I was six. So I played for 18 years. I played virtually every sport you can think of because I was just an active kid. And um, when I got uh, – I'll never forget, I, was, I had three games left my senior year in college, and I pregame, I'm catching punts before the game. And just something came over me. It's like, you know, I don't, kind of done with football. Like, I just don't know if my heart's in it. But I was like, I made a commitment during the game. I was like, I'm going to finish these next three games for that little six-year-old who just wanted to play his whole life. And so, you know, I have no regrets. I had a good career. I'm, you know, in, in, in my regards, I was pretty good. I was an all-conference, part of a championship team. So I've got a lot of good memories. Um, I definitely could have been a much better athlete knowing what I know now if I could go back and apply all that. Because, like I said, we didn't have a strength coach. Um, it was uh, our defensive line coach, Coach Ox, who actually recruited me. I love him to death. But he wasn't a weight room guy. He was just a big dude. So we did a bunch of crazy stuff. And so I survived somehow. And um, But when I uh, was actually in undergrad, I was in broadcasting originally. And I got sick of writing papers, man. Just right. be honest. Like, it was ridiculous. <laughs> and um, so I went to the dean. And I was like, hey, I, I want to change my major. And he was like, well, you know, you're probably looking at maybe a harder course load. And I, like, I don't care, man. I, like, I don't want to do this. And so they put me in ex-biz and I actually had a professor who was a young 29-year-old PhD who kind of made it fun. And that kind of sparked an interest and just fascinated with what the body's capable of. And honestly, we hardly know anything in the grand scheme of things. Like we can do some wild stuff. Um, and so they helped set up an internship with me uh, at Notre Dame. And so I had like a working interview. And back then, uh, Lon Record was my director. That was when Ruben Mendoza was at Notre Dame back in 2005. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they were good that year, man. They yeah. were a two-win season. They, that was the year of the bush push when USC came to town and beat us on that questionable touchdown, right? Uh, I think they changed the rules since then. But, um, you know, I was going to go into physical therapy once I got my uh, my undergrad degree in exercise phys, but when I did that internship and realized I could just work with athletes, I was like, this this is just totally for me. So that was that's kind of what started it all for me, honestly. Brian, so you know, you, you touched on that you were an assistant at Auburn, and you know, let, let's let's be real, right? I, I think up here in Big Ten country, we think we have the best football and. You know, in the SEC, obviously, you know, you guys all think that the, the football is the best down there. And, um, you know, Dean Dean can be the kind of the mediator between the two of us. He's, you know, he's been to that Iron Bowl and he's been there. Um, you know, for some of our listeners, they may have never really gotten to experience that. You were an assistant at a prominent school, you know, definitely one of the top, you know, 10, 15 football programs in the country year in, year out. Um, competing for national championships, competing for SEC championships. Um, you know, what was that like, you know, to, to work in that environment? I mean, you know, when you were there, I mean, there, there's definitely a lot of video footage of, of some of the stuff that you guys have done. And it is, I mean, there it is freaky, like some of the jumps and sprints and stuff that the guys do. And, you know, I think, you know, as I've grown in strength and conditioning, I've grown for a greater appreciation for, some of the other stuff, you know, it's always cool to see a guy bench a, a big weight, squat a big weight, clean a big weight. Um, yeah. But, you know, growing to, you know, seeing more athleticism as well. So guys that are really strong that can really jump, you know, 40 plus inches like you guys had, you know, and guys that can just like get out and run. Yeah. Um, 
So what was it like in that environment? And then maybe share with our listeners too, what it's like to be an assistant, right? I think, you know, to, to, to learn how to learn and learn how to um, take the next steps in your career to be ready for the to, the job you're in right now. I know it's a lot of questions, but <laughs> no, no, I'll, I'll try to hit all those. Um, I mean, first of all, I think it was a blessing to be there. I was, uh, I was incredibly fortunate to be able to work with those types of athletes. Um, they're, they're obviously unique and, and elite in their own right. Yeah. But I think the thing that we took a lot of pride in um, is we, as a staff, we had great chemistry we all had kind of our area of, of expertise and, and it allowed us to thrive because Coach Russell kind of let us be us. And he was, um, you know, as a director, I got to give him a lot of props. He did an amazing job at creating a culture of accountability. And, you know, from the staff, like we all had some ownership, you know, it wasn't like we went to work and we were simply floor coaches. You know, we got to do programming we were very involved in the day-to-day and I think that's what helped us cultivate kind of that, that culture that we had. And, you know, I know he's working on that Missouri right now because he's got pretty much everybody that was at Auburn with him, with the exception of me and coach Kinsey, who coach Kinsey is actually with our football team right now. Um, But, you know, that experience was, like I said, it was great to be with those types of athletes, um, to be a part of, those atmospheres and those opportunities for championships. And, you know, it feels pretty cool to say that I I was part of beating Nick Saban twice. (laughs) Uh, That's pretty cool. Um, But, um, you know, I think one of the things that I really look back and and enjoyed about that is, you know, a lot of, a lot of directors don't give their assistants much autonomy. And uh, I think that was rare. And I think that's, I think that's a compliment to coach for the staff that he brought in. He, he, he vetted us well, and he, he let us contribute. Um, and ultimately, at the end of the day, he had the final say, which he should. But that was the – I think that was the thing that was probably really unique for us. And we took a lot of pride in not necessarily chasing numbers. Um, it, it really is about just performance. And, I mean, yeah, it feels good to get five more pounds on a bench, but does that five pounds carry over? I don't know. You know, there's a lot of performance buckets you need to fill up. And if one's already at the top and this other one's halfway full, you know, where are you going to bear more fruit? Um, I'll give you a great example. One of my favorite athletes that I trained there is Braden Smith. He's a lineman with the Colts. This dude's a man among men. I mean, he was benching over 500 when he came in. And it's like, at that point, does that guy need to get any stronger? I mean, he's 315 pounds and he runs a 495 with a 35 inch vert. I mean, he can do wide grip, supernated pull up or pronated pull ups with forty five pound plate for a set of five. You know, like you don't like need to help that guy move better, right? And um, so, I mean, that was one of the fun things. And the thing that was unique there that I'm implementing here with our our girls is a kind of a stage system of development. You know, um, one thing that. I kind of went down a rabbit hole probably back in 2018. Um, it was, um, I kind of had like this uh, a little epiphany, you know, it's like, you know, we got a bunch of guys that do things right. But we had, uh, we had a unique program there. We had like a stage two progressive program. And out of that group, they were basically guys that had been redshirted, um, but they weren't necessarily in the two deep. 
So they were kind of like your type A walk on high output, low maintenance type kids. And throughout the spring, out of those eight, only three of them really got better when we looked at their strength improvement for bench. And so it just set me on the on a course to try to figure out why, you know, because there's a lot of good programs, a lot of good protocols, but there's not a one for everything. And at the end of the day, what I came to the conclusion on, and you guys probably would agree with this, I'm, I'm sure, um, is just auto regulation is something that never really gets talked about, yep. you know, and you know, we've got technology nowadays where we try to track HRV and all these other metrics, but I don't think you need necessarily all that technology, you know, the expenses, because some teams don't have the budget for it, right? So I decided I'm going to figure out a protocol, and I've already documented probably close to 1,500, you know, four-week progressions, uh, just modifying your intensity, your volume, you know, the different metrics that make a progression and put in kind of rep ranges so that way the athlete has some built-in autonomy which i thought early on like if i give them they're going to take advantage like all right i'm going to do the low end of the rep range but it blew up they actually most of the time they do take the opposite right most of the time now we got something and um it was really cool because after that spring where we kind of had a handful of guys kind of just not do as well as we'd hoped um, Coach Russell kind of gave me the green light to take three of our injured guys and take them through the fall semester because they weren't playing. And we put them on a three-day split, and I implemented this philosophy. And I'm a little, I was dumbfounded with the progress. Now, the only key metric we used was bench, but I had a freshman running back, bench go up 40 pounds in 15 weeks. Um, we had a redshirt junior who'd been in the program for a while, lineman. His bench went up 45 pounds, which is ridiculous. And then we had a redshirt sophomore lineman's bench went 57 and a half pounds in 15 weeks. And bottom line was you can't give everybody the perfect prescription when, you, when you're when you stuck to these strict sets and reps and intensity. You've got to give them a little bit of wiggle room because I don't know what they're doing when they leave the facility, right? Like I, get, I, I feel pretty confident I can tell you what to do, but we really don't know. You know, you don't know how someone's handling stress in the class or if they broke up with their girlfriend or – they stayed up late, they missed a meal, all that stuff matters. And so I, I decided to kind of humble myself and give up a little bit of the controls of the prescription and help the athlete learn how to basically self-medicate because that's all it is. It's just physical stress, right? That's the same thing as medicine. Medicine is a chemical stress. It's the same difference. So I didn't mean to go off on a tangent, but oh, that's, that's kind of what was really cool about my experience at Auburn is we had already had this stage system and it was really effective, but it wasn't foolproof. And I'm not saying mine is foolproof, but I think I've taken it a step further and it's really exciting because, you know, it's kind of the sky's the limit at this point. And now that we're using some technology to validate some of these things, it's, it's kind of encouraging to know that like I've, I've taken the right turn because we're, we're making progress and it's, it's, it's pretty consistent and that's exciting. Right. Um, I think it's a huge point. You know, when a head coach, a strength and conditioning coach lets his assistants run and take care of some things. I think that says a lot about the assistant coach as well as the head coach, because the head coach isn't going to give you that responsibility and he's yeah. not going to trust you if he doesn't think, you know, that assistant can handle that. And I know that was Brian's situation too. 
when he was at Wisconsin, you know, he had an opportunity. He took the Lyman group and that was kind of, you know, that was always the head coaches, you know, deal as far as strength, they were going to yeah. do the whole team. And, and when that person gives you some, a group and says, Hey, you go with them and you just run with it. It's the same thing at my level at the high school level. Yeah. I'll tell kid, you know, I'll tell coaches, Hey, you're doing the lateral speed here. And, you know, and we're all going to get together, but it, it works, but you don't do that unless you trust the person's going to do it and do it in, in a very good way. So yeah. let's talk about you're at Auburn and you've been there, you know, would you say seven years? Yes, sir. And you're in that situation and you got some freak athletes and obviously football, we're, we're talking about a very violent game. And now you make this transition to Tennessee, which you yeah. mentioned, you know, it was just one of those things again, in that coaching world, we developed those relationships and it was just an opportunity. You said you couldn't pass up because obviously your connection with the head coach. And so you mm -hmm. knew it was going to be a perfect fit for you, but let's talk about some of those differences between we're training football players now and now you're going to turn and you're working with you know probably one of the best women's basketball programs in the nation and i know we get that at the high school level a lot of times everybody wants a their own sport program and you know the girls want one thing the boys want one thing soccer wants one thing you know volleyball wants one thing so kind of maybe go over some of those similarities and differences yeah well i mean you guys would attest uh, an athlete's an athlete at the end of the day, you know, I mean, physically, there's, there's very little difference. Right. Um, can you say that but, again? An athlete <laughs> is an athlete, right? There we go. You know, that's, that's the bottom line. And, you know, when I, when I was in between jobs and I would have parents come to me when I was training kids out of the garage, they all want this sport specific program. And I tried to educate them like, look, this is such a, a of it's such a bad uh viewpoint they there's no sports specific program like do you need to be bigger faster stronger then everything we do is sports specific you know and to try to educate parents because they've been indoctrinated with all these sales pitches and that's just not the case like <laughs> it's you know i mean i got four kids and whatever they want to play we're going to be doing a lot of the same things because if you want a big, if you want a high peak, you better have a big base. And, you know, I try to, even my 11 year old, he, he didn't want to play football this year because now we're basketball school. Right. So he wants to play basketball. I'm like, great, but we're going to do some other things. Right. Cause you're too young to specialize. Um, but I mean, you know, our KPIs are still our KPIs, right? Like I, I look at clean, snatch, and jerk. I break them up into three separate movements. Those are our Olympic uh, focal points. Um, and then we, we focus more on front squat just because I've got ladies with some pretty long limbs. And just to protect their back, um, it's, it's a much better movement pattern for them. Um, and then we look at our bench. And um, those are really our key metrics in the weight room. Uh, we look at our vertical jump and we use force plays. Uh, we're, we're playing around with RSI. We've got laser timers for some of our sprint stuff. But, I mean, really, I don't think you can necessarily say a lot is different. Um, our, our annual programming is different just because our schedule is crazy different. You know, football is super easy to, to train, in my opinion. You pretty much know you're going to play every Saturday unless you got a midweek game. So that's the anomaly. But you can get into pretty good routines. Basketball, 
I mean, you know, we're going to be in the Bahamas. We're going to possibly play three games in, in three days. Like, so it's, you know, it's crazy. And then you fly back and then you're playing like it's, it's a little bit unique. And I think that's where having a relationship that I have with Coach Harper is so beneficial because I can say, hey, look, like maybe we need to back off today or let's step on them today. And she's like, yes. And that's rare in college. Like, um, as I said earlier, I got the best job in the country because she does, she lets me do whatever I want. And I'm, that's amazing. It's rare. And I know Very it's rare. rare. In, in, so, in any sport. Yeah. Sport. And, um, but it's, it's, it's been great. I mean, this year we got to implement what, uh, well, we, we've called the banner battles. The goal is to hang a banner up. And um, so we do competitions after every lift. Um, random things might be jingle jangles with the prowlers or tug of war. I broke the girls up into four teams of four and they know, hey, my number might get called today. I got to step up because we want to create that culture of I got to compete. It's not basketball season, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to be a competitor. Um, and so we tracked, we trained up with the scoring system. And they bought into it, and it was awesome. Now, I would have did it last summer, but chemo uh, threw, threw me a big curveball. So last year was super watered down. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know if that hits the nail on the head, but honestly, I don't yeah. think there's a big difference. I really don't. I love that. I mean, it's just so it, – it, it's so needed to be said, and you said it perfectly, I thought. Yep. Um, and so I, I can't wait to play that numerous times for a lot of our families because it – it's true. I mean, sports-specific training is called practice. It's, it's pretty simple. You want to get better at your sport? Go practice your sport. You know, our job yeah. as strength and conditioning professionals is just to give the coaches a better product to work with, yeah. you know? And so, um, you know, you brought up chemo, coach. Um, so I want to touch on this a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, you said you found out last, last summer, um, you know, that you had stage four cancer. Yeah. Um, and so maybe talk about your mindset, you know, kind of when you first found out about it, you know, yeah. obviously, you know, I, I haven't really talked to you very much before, but I can tell that you're definitely a family man and uh, your oh, family yeah. is very important to you. And so maybe talk about your mindset when you first found out and then kind of like your thought process um, as, as you're working forward to beat this here. Yeah. Well, you know, so I was, I was actually on campus as in Dr. Clink's office when I got the news and, um, my 11 year old was actually sitting in my office and, um, I'll tell you what, that was a long walk from his office back over here. Cause that's, that's the news that, you know, that's a timestamp in your lifespan right there. Like just everything changes. And, um, before I made it back to my office, coach Harper called me and she was like, look, Whatever you need, you have our full support. Do not worry about your job. We got you. And I'm telling you, man, I don't know a lot of coaches that would be that committed to me as a person. They've, they're worried about their team, and, and, and I understand that. But that was a huge win for me psychology-wise because – I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know. I mean, I've just been here two weeks, you know, are they going to try to swap me out, you know? And um, so that was a big win early out. Um, the hardest part, I will tell you this, was kind of the spiritual warfare because, 
you know, they tell you you've got this aggressive cancer and then they say, we're going to have to set up all these tests and they take like three weeks to do. And you're like, all right, man, like, what are we waiting on? If you say this is, this is super serious, let's go. Um, but I mean, every night from the moment I found out, I, I woke up with a nightmare. Something was trying to kill me. Like I'm telling you, it was a dark place for about three weeks. And, um, Kind of my turning point was uh, I was listening to a sermon by John MacArthur, who's my favorite pastor. He's out in California. I listen to his podcast every day. Um, but he was talking about uh, the night before Jesus was crucified. And I believe it's in Matthew chapter 26. And uh, he talks about it. I think it's uh, verse 39. And he, he's praying to, he says, you know, my father, uh, if this is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken from me. And that's exactly how I felt. But then he followed it up by saying, yet I want your will be done, not mine. And that verse was kind of the, the turning point for me because I realized that, you know, <laughs> even Jesus knew what needed to be done. Like, this is the path. And it's got to be done. And so that's where I got my strength. And um, just so happens that my old church, I've got a t-shirt that said Jesus wins. And so I dedicated that as my chemo jersey. So I wore it for every, every treatment. And um, it kind of just, you know, I believe in rituals and it got me in the right mindset to go in there because chemo is not, you know, if you've never been there, it, it's like a six hour ordeal, you know, and like you, you're sick as, <laughs> can't even tell you how sick you are i mean the first day i had a reaction about two hours into it where they had to bust in there and shoot me up with stuff and um it, it, was, it was intense and um but you know mindset i'll tell you what got me through a little trick we was teaching it to our guys at auburn i live it every day i teach it to my kids i teach it to our girls and um You've heard it, I'm sure, but that E plus R equals O. That is my weapon of choice. Events happen, um, and a lot of them are out of your control, you know. But whatever the outcome you desire, it's still within your ability to make it happen. And that's your response. So the E is the event, the R is your response, the O is the outcome. And what I can tell you, and statistics will show this, but people who get diagnosed, if they turn into a victim, they don't make it. And I was like, I'm not going right. to be a victim. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be this thing. I'm going to see my kids grow up. That's just the way it is. And, you know, I don't necessarily feel like I'm the one that beat this. You give all the glory to God. He put me where I needed to be to get diagnosed, to get treated, to have the support system around me. Because I don't think I get that diagnosis at Auburn. I don't think I'm here. And that's not a knock on them, but that's a compliment to the support that this university has given me. Um, I'm beyond grateful to be a part of this program. Um, it's it's really humbling, and uh, I'm just I'm super excited because we can do some big things here. And I you know I tell the girls all the time you know their their personal mission should be leave the jersey in a better place because my mission is to leave this in a better place and how I found it, which is 
I mean, you got eight national championships, so I've got to put at least one of these bad boys up before I leave. <laughs> so, you know, the pressure's on all around, but that's kind of my motivation. And uh, like I said, I, I absolutely love coaching, man. I can't imagine doing something different, you know. Um, and it's not about getting girls strong or fast. That's not that hard to do. Uh, I think nowadays the, the biggest role we can play is teaching them how to just be be a good person, you know, be productive, be accountable. There's too much of this in our society where people are entitled and they're, they don't want to work. They're always looking for the easy path. And, you know, you guys, uh, shoot, um, the, uh, the obstacle is the way. That's a great book. I read that when I started chemo. Um, and that one, that one helped me a lot because essentially, you know, the obstacle is the way. Like, and for me, it was like, hey, dude, you're not getting out of stage four cancer. Like, it ain't just going to go away. Can't go around. You're going to have to go right through it. And um, all that stuff was really instrumental in helping me just attack it. Because, you know, there were days where you're like, man, I don't know. Uh, um, I slept 14 hours one day after chemo. Like, it crushes you. It's brutal. But, um you know, and for anybody that's listening, and if you're going through it or you got someone going through it, you know, my prayers are with you. Um, and I would just encourage you that understand that your mindset is, <laughs> is super important. And there's some good resources out there. Uh, Dr. Lipton wrote a book called The Biology of Belief. You know, he's a stem cell researcher and he talks about, you know, how our actual thoughts actually change our biology, can change our DNA. Um, Dr. Dr. Joe Dispenza is, you can go down a crazy rabbit hole with that man, but there's some wild things that we're capable of that all stem from how we think. And so, you know, while it's impressive to see people who can do physical things, uh, I think, you know, if you want to be elite, it starts here first. You know, and that's what I'm teaching my kids at home, right? If you want to be elite, you got to think elite because your personality determines your personal reality. I believe that. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, uh, and I, I got to give a shout out to my wife. Um, <laughs> as she's my ride or die. Uh, we've been together since we were 17. So that's my high school sweetheart. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to be married to my best friend and, like I said, I, when you look back at it, massive challenge, but I'm really grateful that, that I went through it because it puts things in perspective. I missed a lot of family time when I was with football and, uh, you know, having the benefit of being forced to really put things in perspective. Um, it's, it's been a game changer. My relationship with my wife is better. My relationship with my kids is better. Um, you know, I, I'm not some, I'm not a workaholic anymore. You know, now I read like crazy now. Don't get it twisted. You ask me to be on staff. They know I'm in a book. I'm trying to learn, but I just feel like the more I learn, the more I can share. And so that's my mission. So whoever's listening, I'm happy to share anything if they want to reach out and follow up. But uh, I give our girls, uh, we've got a little mindset manual and, uh, I kept it simple, right? They're college kids, so it's eight pages, but it's broken down into some key concepts and everything that that's in that little manual helped me. Where I I don't, I don't think I'm I'm here. Uh, probably not, you know. 
I got to give you, I'm so grateful for you because uh, the first time I went down to Auburn, we connected and well, I'll just never forget that myself and uh, Coach Mangan, who, yeah. who Brian knows, he's an avid you know, podcast listener and you just gave us so much time. And I just remember your library of books behind <laughs> your desk. I'm like, there's no way I said to Coach Mangan that this guy has read every one of these books. And then when we talked and you sent me the notes from all those books, I'm like, Mangan, he proved us wrong because he read every one of those doggone books because he's got notes on it and everything. So, you know, you talked mm -hmm. about obstacle the way. And to be honest, you've been just a huge influence on me because in my younger coaching days, and, you know, I've re I read some books and, you know, it's mostly your, your, when you're younger days, you want to know all the X's and O's, right? The sets mm -hmm. and reps. And as I've gotten older, it's, you know, it's the culture, it's the leadership, it's the motivation, it's the mindset. You know, it, you're so great with that mindset. And when I saw, you know, you with all those books, I just started to go on a rampage of just reading a ton of books. Mm -hmm. And I think it's something like, why did I do this when I was younger? And I know I was busy with, you know, family and kids and, you know, you're running around like crazy. And, and now that my kids are growing up and they're out of high school, I have much you know more opportunities to read. And I, Brian and I always talk about, you know, books as well. And he's going, Hey, did you read this book? Yep. Yep. I read that one. And what do you think? It's a great book. And I think, you know, all the coaches out there and even kids now are like our football teams got a football leadership council and they're reading books, you know, and they're going over books, you know, coach Steve Jones was our head football coach. You know, he, he, he did a book and twin thieves, it was called and and he does it for the leadership class. And they're going through those type of uh, things, going through a chapter every week. And, and learning, but that mindset is, I think, is the biggest difference right now yeah. with coaching today than it was when I started. Yeah, is you're doing so much with the mind, and you know, I just again, I want to thank you for that. Um, going back, what's something you're really proud of? You know, in so far in your coaching career, because obviously you're not done; you've got a lot more to give. And then, is there something you would do differently? <laughs> oh man, yeah. I mean, that's a loaded question. Um, yep. You know, I don't know if it's necessarily there's something that I'm proud of. I, I would probably phrase it more as I'm just grateful to be where I am and, and to have traveled the path that I've traveled. You know, I've, I've been in situations where they weren't ideal, but they were valuable for me to learn from. You know, in some situations you learn what not to do and you learn how not to treat people. Um, and I think you know, just having a growth mindset, like the opportunities are around every corner to become a better version of yourself. And, um, you know, and I, I think when I was younger, I probably struggled with my identity because I actually, like, I was super depressed when my college career was over. There was like three months where I played PlayStation like every day, like I was just a bum. And, um, but it's like, when you have that epiphany, things click. And uh, for me, um, you know, when I switched majors back in undergrad, that was one of my little epiphanies because I, I remember my, my mom asked me, what do you want for Christmas? She was figuring some clothes and maybe a video game. I gave her a list of like 12 books and she's like, who are you? Right. And uh, so that, I think that's probably where my reading thing took off because when I finally got an interest into it, I was like, I, I know, I know enough to know. I don't know enough and I'm never going to know enough. And so, you know, it's, you know, I, 
every now and then I'll get a compliment from someone. It's like my wife tells me I'm a genius every day. And I'm like, yeah, you just, you don't know. Like there's, I appreciate it, but that's not the case. Um, I just love learning and man, um, I'm just, I'm, I'm grateful for kind of the path that God put me on and the people that he surrounded me with. And, you know, my, my hope is that I'm a, that I, that I pay it forward, you know, like I feel blessed to be where I'm at. And my hope is that I'm a blessing to the people that, you know, I'm in contact with, um, you know, and I, I, you know, this last weekend was a really hard weekend. Uh, I got the news that one of my best friends, college teammates, um, he died. And uh, so we had to travel back to West Virginia for a funeral. And, um, you know, it's kind of bittersweet because I see guys I haven't seen since 2010, 2003. But, you know, you're, you're there and, it's like, you don't skip a beat. And, um, you know, it's, if I, if I could say something to somebody, there's, you never know what people are going through. Right. And so like, I just don't see the point in, you know, people being short and disrespectful to people because you don't know what's going to put someone over the edge and life's already too short, you know, and, and I've, unfortunately the, the path I've gone through put all that in perspective for me. And so, you know, I'm just grateful, man. Like if, if, if I can help someone, I want to help someone. And, uh, but you know, I, I've, I've learned to guard my time a little bit better. You know, when, when I leave work, you can call me, but I might not answer the phone cause I'm on, I'm on daddy time. And, uh, you know, I took my two youngest on their daddy date last night. So we do it once a month. Uh, that's a cool little thing I picked up from one of my, when I was at NC state, one of my basketball girls, I reached out to her dad. Like I, I had a breakdown at a hotel, man. I was young dad. I was like, man, I, I suck. I'm I'm not connecting. And so I called him. We're in Miami, Florida, and I called him, and he's like, come to church with me. And so we got back, and he started telling me some of the things he did because he got four wonderful daughters, and they're just unbelievable people. And uh, so I, I took that from him. Was, he does daddy dates every month. And uh, my kids love it, but I don't know if they love it as much as I love it. And it's nothing crazy. We normally just go get ice cream. But, you know, that 30 minutes, man, it's awesome. Because when you have more than one kid, you hardly get them one-on-one. Right. Um, but, I mean, that's something if you're if, – if there's any parents out there, that's one of my favorite things that I've done as, as a dad um, because I know that that's going to imprint on them. And then the other thing that I, I, I'm – I guess I'm grateful for is um, one of my players at Auburn, his dad's former armor ranger, and now he's a minister. And he helped me come up with some family values. And so when I take my kids to school in the morning, we've got our little deal. And I ask them who they are, and they tell me their name, they're a child of God. And I'll ask them what they are, and they're strong, brave, and courageous. And then my daughter, she gets and beautiful, right? Um, and then I ask them why, and they say, because that's how God made me, because I want them to know their identity before they step into school. And then we'll quiz them on our family values. And I try to keep them simple. Um, it's gratitude, unity, integrity, discipline, and energy, right? So we want to be grateful for everything, the things we get, the things we don't get, right? Because sometimes that's good that we don't have certain things. We might not be ready for them. The unity, because we're stronger together, right? And that's, that's a lot of the stuff we got going on in the world right now is all about separation. And that's, that's, that's it's disappointing in my opinion. Integrity is just, you know, doing the right thing. You know, like we know, we know what's right. And then the discipline's doing the stuff you don't want to do when it needs to be done. 
right? So, uh, and then the energy is just be positive, you know? There's too, many, there's too much negativity going on. We have a rule of the house, no BCD, no blaming, no complaining, no defending bad decisions, right? They know it. Um, and then, you know, the E plus R is a staple in our house. Um, but I'll ask them, and then when they get out of the car, like, they know they got their family values. I'll say, follow your guide. You do that, you're going to have a good day. And then, um, so that's one of the things, one of our morning rituals that, that I'm, I'm kind of proud of. If I, if I was going to be proud of anything, that's probably it, because I feel like at some point that's going to that's gonna pay dividends, because I ain't going to be around forever, and I want my kids to be a better version of me, right? Um, but... Is that 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 hit it? That's good. Absolutely, it's very good. <laughs> right. Coach, so you know, with all the athletes we have listening, coaches, you know, what what's something that you would give them as a competitive advantage? Obviously, the name of the podcast is Get Your Edge. If you could give an athlete one tip to give them a competitive advantage over their competition, over other you know athletes or coaches, what would it be? I mean, there's a lot. Um, Just one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I already mentioned the E plus yeah. R equals O. I think that's a tool. Awesome. It's, it applies to everything. Yep. So that was a freebie, I guess. But um, <laughs> I just think having a growth mindset. I mean, there's there's just there's so many ways to get better. And, like, you don't need the massive explosion, right? It takes years to be an overnight success. And I think that's the thing most athletes don't get. Like, you've got you to understand what compound interest is. You know, the slight edge philosophy is like, look, I can I can eat an apple today or I can eat a cookie. Right. Cookie ain't going to hurt you one day. But if you if you're not intentional and you eat it, the next thing you know, you, you, you create basically a trigger for a habit loop. And the next thing you know, you eat another cookie the next day. And then before you know it, that subtle little error in judgment just sends you off course. And then, I mean, we can get all kinds uh, of deep. But, you know, I, I think programming, it's everything's about our subconscious, right? Like a lot of research says that our subconscious controls us about 95% of the time. So if you're not present, if you don't have that mindfulness of what you're doing, it's going to be really easy for you to kind of get off course. And I just think that's one thing that athletes need a lot of reminding of is be intentional, right? Like everybody wants to win. Everybody wants to do this, but not everybody understands that there's opportunity costs. And so have a growth mindset, be willing to be coached. You know, um, I think I've made a lot of progress with, with our girls here and um, I'm excited, man. I think I'm super excited for this season. It's going to be fun. That's awesome. But, Can't wait to watch coach Dean. You got anything else? No, I just appreciate you coming on, Brian. I know you got a, you got a meeting to get to. You guys are pretty busy. We wish you all the best of luck this basketball season. And, uh, you know, thank you for, for doing everything that, you know, I have ever asked of you. And you've always been there for me with a text and a phone call and everything else. And um, I'll just continue to stay in touch with you. And I'm just going to always keep learning from you as well. We yeah. appreciate you. Well, if you guys got some uh, book recommendations, send them my way. I, I will life. definitely do. It's Twin That's Thieves. Great. Yeah. Twin Thieves by Steve Jones for sure. Okay. That, 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 that's an excellent one. Right. Kimberly, 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 everything's Kimberly. Absolutely. <laughs> Great book. Yeah. Uh, what's the one I'm reading right now? Or the one I'm going to start? I think it's, 
I, I should know it because I, but I just got it. It's um, I think it's called the power of one more by Ed okay. Milet. Um, okay. I'm just getting ready to start that. Um, yeah, I can't wait for that one. Cause it's supposed to be really good. So, but that's going to wrap up this episode of the get your edge podcast coach. We wish you the best of luck. We can't wait to watch uh, during the season um, with the girls and, and everything you're doing. We really appreciate you hopping on today and uh Wish you the best. So that's going to end this episode and we will see you next time. Chop it.